Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups Podcast. My guest today is Mike McRitchie. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Good to be on. Appreciate it. So give me a kind of a short personal bio. Who is Mike McRitchie? Yeah, so I've I've been in the telecom business the last 20 plus years and uh, am responsible for essentially building cell towers and making our smartphones work. And that's evolved a lot over the last 20 years from, you know, just being this big brick phone to everything in your head is now on your phone and you can't live without it. And a lot so, of stuff that's not in my head. <laughs> exactly. It, without it, I feel lost. So exactly. that's kind of the, the core. And, and through that, I've worked for a bunch of businesses, been an employee, been a contractor, hired, fired, been hired and fired. And and through all that, I, I really enjoyed the business aspect of things. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to get to where I could start giving some of that back to people because I realized, hey, I'm not getting any younger. And if I don't share it, it's just going to die with me. So wow. I figured, why not do something with it? And so I started getting into uh, kind of small business consulting and just found that uh, most of my f- friends and connections that I found on LinkedIn were all employees. So I said, why don't I just do a resume writing business? Because that's something I can at least test, get started on, and then apply some of that to my business uh, consulting efforts as well, since I'd have actual test cases and, and stories around that. So that's kind of how I got going. And, you know, have a couple of kids, a 11-year-old and a 13-year-old, and they get to listen over my shoulder as I kind of do some of this stuff and learn from it. So they're kind of coming along for the ride as well. Yeah, it's kind of like a passive mentoring you can do as a, a parent mentoring. You can exactly. So they they ask me, you know, you know, how much money did you make today, or uh, <laughs> you know, what what are you doing with this blog post or this podcast or whatever? So they they get a lot of enjoyment out of it, and I get to share some elements of it with a help them with some of their things that they're working on and, and try and get that bug in their ears so that they see the benefit of, you know, business and, and how to do something beyond just hop into a job and go. You're probably one of the few parents that can actually help their kids with their cell phones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although they start to help me with them too, which is kind of scary. <laughs> hey dad, you know, you could do this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, be quiet. Go back to your room. <laughs> what is that noise? Yeah. Exactly. What? So, give me a kind of a, you. You touched on a little bit, but give me kind of the elevator pitch. This is this is my business. This is, or this yeah. is it a side business. Is it your main business, or kind of clarify yeah. that for us? Right. So it's a side business. Um, I do it anywhere from ten to fifteen hours a week. Uh, it is primarily right now um, doing resumes and LinkedIn profiles for people. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of career coaching along with it. Uh, probably my core element is people in telecom because I have a lot of experience there. And I have some recruiters that I uh, coach on their businesses. So we get some referral relationships through that. People who they have great, res- they have great people to, to place at certain roles, but they don't have good resumes. So they'll send them my way to fix the resume so that they can get them placed. So it's kind of a neat little relationship there. And then um, I had a blog that I started about three years ago and built that up. And that plus some of the other guest posts that I've had on my website kind of just provide a little bit of organic traffic. Right. And it's kind of kind of funny this year, it, I felt like we were getting to the point where I was getting more business than I could handle part-time. And so that was a little scary. But uh, overall, it's been fun and 
it really is a learning journey. Mm -hmm. And as long as you don't put pressure on yourself to perform anything by a certain date, but just kind of learn and explore and see where things go, you can really have a lot of fun with it and, and turn it into something where you look back two, three years and you go, wow, it's really progressed. Exactly. So, so the elevator started at floor number three and went to floor number one. You had 22 seconds and you told me your, your main <laughs> it's resume building uh, pri and primarily through LinkedIn profiles. It, yeah, basically doing those two things. So okay. I take their resumes, rewrite them, and then often I'll go to their LinkedIn profiles and rewrite that as well. So it kind of is consistent across their personal brand. Okay. Let me, as, as a resume expert, let me ask you this question. So have uh -huh. you seen the the unique resume style that has kind of floated around the internet that was done by the Yahoo CEO, is it Marissa Meyer? Have you seen, yeah. it's almost like a, um, like an infographic resume yeah. that has like a pie chart on it of, you know, this is mm -hmm. my typical day or something. Have you started yeah. using anything like that? I mean, have you, have you have toyed with that a little bit or? Yeah, I haven't really. I've, I've seen a few of those pop over. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I kind of focus more on is I realize that there's kind of that that look of the of the year or yeah. something along those Which lines. Is, yeah. And and some of the infographics, you know, on, on my website, it seems like now everybody wants to share an infographic with a unique intro. Right. <laughs> and so uh, it's kind of a similar deal. But for me, I really focus a lot harder on really what's not in the resume yet, because what I find is the basic resume writing, once you kind of get the, the details down, you can be pretty effective at that. And I'm pretty good with my, uh, my grammar and spelling and all mm -hmm. that fun stuff. So I focus more on kind of the, just the overall presentation. You know, how do I make it so it looks clean, a little more white space around it so I don't feel like I'm overwhelmed looking at the resume. And then try and get more stuff in the first half of the first page. Mm. And that's really where I'm trying to make an impact. Right. So that when somebody looks it over in that 8 to 20 seconds, they get the gist of it and know who you are without having to figure it out for themselves. And so with a lot of that, I tend to have more conversations about the roles they did and mm. stories around them. So I'm trying to trigger stories in their head that they've long since forgotten about that are actually kind of cool that will then connect with the reader, whether it's a hiring manager or a recruiter, and get them to stay in the, the maybe pile versus tossed into the I don't think so pile. That I, I've done a little bit of, of kind of career coaching over the last you know 20 years or so, and, and it's interesting because you start out with kind of the pile of everybody, and then you've got to make it to the pile of we're considering you, and then we gotta, <laughs> then we got to make it to the pile of finalists. You know, it's, it is, it, it has to have something unique and compelling that causes it to continue on the journey because, you Absolutely. know, they're looking at resumes all the time and it, and they just tend to, you know, unless it's like, like you said, if it doesn't catch you in the first few seconds, it probably won't. And it's like a video, you know, if you hit a YouTube video, if you're not compelled in the first 10 or 15 seconds, unless you really are wanting the information in the, in the entire thing or whatever. Yeah. But uh, no, that's good. That's good. Well, so tell me, what was your inspiration? How did you transition from, uh, let, touch on your, your main business. What's your main yeah. source of income? And then what, or, yeah. and then what has caused, has caused the transition to what you're doing as a side business? Yeah, so I've been in the telecom business 23 years. And I've been a project manager. I've been a program manager, director. And 
um, in a variety of roles, gone through lots of bosses, lots of positions, lots of companies in that time. And what I found was it's not something that is super stable and you're only as good as your last project and your abilities and your network. So their current need. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I've seen companies that they say, oh, we want you to be here forever. And then they're there five years before they go out of business. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of a scary thing. And so through all that, I realized that number one, I need to be able to promote myself and really take charge of my career. And so that meant really tracking my results, being able to kind of update my resume as I go with that information and really make that happen. And so over time, I realized, hey, I, I want to have an exit strategy at retirement or before, whether it's a retirement strategy or a, hey, I'm out of a job, I need to have some income coming in strategy. Or involuntary early retirement yeah, strategy. Exactly. <laughs> so with all that, I, I've been kind of a, a mini side entrepreneur for a long time. I've mm -hmm. st started ideas that never went anywhere. Yeah. And I finally said, forget it. Again, printing a business. And, and developing a business name and actually do something with mm -hmm. this thing. So I got to a point where I said, all right, this is time. Um, had some other people say, yeah, just do it. You got a good idea, go with it. So I started with small business consulting and I took out an ad and it did nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so through that, I found that uh, I had an opportunity to kind of leverage my LinkedIn resources and then change that up to an offer for resume writing and actually got some traction there and then just kind of built it from there Good as a side business. So uh, on this, this platform of my podcast is just designed to allow you to promote and, and really share what you do. Um, so what are the services you provide? I mean, you want to talk about cost? You want to talk yeah. about, I mean, Share whatever you would like. If I'm if I'm looking at you know if I say I want to build my resume or I want to build my LinkedIn profile, um, and I'm coming to you, what what's the what's the you know yeah whole thing yeah so so basically uh, my two primaries are resume writing which is $197 currently mm -hmm. and uh, LinkedIn profile if they do it at the same time it's 97 otherwise it's 147 and it's kind of that middle price range. I've seen some that go upwards of a thousand, two thousand dollars sure. for the combo and others that are down at, you know, 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference is I try to get that information out of their heads and, and help kind of create their brand. On the business consulting side, I kind of take the similar approach and I'm working on a client avatar in order to understand who their clients are, convert that into a unique selling proposition to help them really understand what they're selling and to whom, and then tie that together into their website, whether it's their homepage, about page, uh, details on their on their staff, maybe tie that back into their LinkedIn uh, company page or their individual profiles as a way to kind of right. have this kind of a consistent brand. And I think with that, it also helps them truly understand where they're going with things. So on the resume side, a lot of times they're like, oh, well, everybody's my ideal company. Mm -hmm. I want to work for all these guys. I'm just going to send out 200 resumes a week. Well, the reality is very few people actually land a job through shooting out a cold resume online. Most exactly. of the people get it through their connections. So if you can be a little more targeted on that, 
now you're not wasting a bunch of your time mm -hmm. doing things that are not going to provide the value and spend more time doing the things that do. And that allows you to be a little more sane and have a lot better results from that. Do you, those are kind of things. I mean, you've, you've worked on kind of the editing and producing side of things, but do you, do you have a sense as a, as a, you know, an HR person that's looking at resumes all the time, do you, do you have a sense that sometimes they receive resumes and it's almost like you have literally cut and pasted my company name in a generic letter with a generic resume, um, you know, oh, yeah. and, and a sense that I can tell you've sent out 200 resumes to 200 companies. I mean, you, you yeah, know what I mean? He, yeah, if, it, if it's not tailored at all or you don't have even like an email that goes with it yeah. uh, and it's just, here's my resume. Like I, I saw one resume with no intro not what the position was about what they were applying for anything it was just basically here and a detachment hire me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and not even a hire me i was like oh wow what what do you want me to do with this thing <laughs> so yeah you see that i think the other thing is um really you're trying to make a personal connection of some form and if All you right. can't make a personal connection and you're just one of 200 resumes I guarantee they're going to get a resume from somebody on the inside who got a referral yep. and that person's making the top five list, even if the resume generally sucks. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, you really need to be looking at how do you connect with somebody? And a lot of that comes down to how you approach it and, and taking that approach where you're actually thinking about the company before you submit an application, you know, how can you benefit them? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise what happens is you may get, called back for an interview and you go, what job is this? That's right. What, who, who, what company are you again? Who are you? <laughs> I don't want to live in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So why did you send your resume here? What are you doing to me? Yeah, that is, that is fun. That's good. That's, that is sage advice. And it's, it's a little bit like you, I think you alluded to earlier of almost trying to put yourself in the place of the HR manager that says, you know, what are they, what are they looking for? What, how can you make that connection through a story or through a, a um, you know, something that, it, that catches their eye and makes a connection, you know, yes. really early and, and connects you to the job, to their needs, you know, um, kind of that perfect triangle. So, so tell me a little bit more about, um, like, since you started this, has there been a, has there been a low point? I mean, it's, you know, you have the luxury of having yeah. your day job type thing, you know, but has there yeah, been a, a low point that you you can look back in the, in the last couple of years since you started this and say, "Wow, that was a that was a black day." It's funny because I thought back to that, and there haven't been a ton of those. Mm -hmm. I, I've had you know a, a few things around that. When I started my blog, um, I got it at one point. I said, "You know, how can I get back into the telecom business?" There really wasn't anything talking about the, the kind of softer side of what we do day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, I'll try some blog posts on that subject. And I, I did one that re did really well. And it kind of, for, for my level, went really viral uh -huh. compared to my other posts. And that was great until I got a call from the uh, director of HR for my company saying, I need you to stop posting that and take it off the web. <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> well, now what am I going to do? Yeah. So, and it probably didn't help that I was, sharing about what I was doing with this blog, you know, with my HR person who then reported up to the director. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were a little worried because I was talking about a client 
type yeah. of situation. Yeah. And they were like, all right, we don't want you talking about the client. So I took them all off, anything related to that. And I kind of went more into kind of what the, the process was about. And I focused more on the, the resume and career side. And mm. I had some elements around it, but it wasn't client related. Right. It was more around, you know, what are the position types and how do you get them? And and some of the things around how recruiting actually happens in the real world that so fun and I just kind of pivoted to that. Mm -hmm. But I realized that I had to uh, had to adjust to meet both the the company needs of my primary day job, which needed to happen, and I needed to be you know paid and right. couldn't be losing that over something stupid. So yeah. you know I made some adjustments, closed the loop with the director, and he was fine, and moved on from there. I I think that is that is great advice to all of us that that do a side gig. We we really do need to honor that, and I I try to do that with my with my job too. I try to make sure that that you know my side fun project is done outside of hours. It's it's and there's no real connection between the two that says you know I'm not, I don't want to use resources from that. I don't want to use even connections necessarily from that um, if there's any overlap at all. So. So really respecting that and, and really making sure that I'm I'm giving that my full attention when I'm there and my full effort. And then, you know, on time that is not dedicated to that, then then I'm free to do things. And, and also sharing like you did, sharing with the HR department, sharing with your manager, whoever that is, that says, I am doing this. I want you to be aware I'm doing this. And and, you know, is there there's no conflict Mm -hmm. But but I just want you to so they're not surprised you know they don't want to right. log on to iTunes and say what is no. he doing you know <laughs> exactly. thing so yeah. and it and it's been funny on that that front too because what I've found is uh, especially in this kind of recruiting business I I do a little telecom jobs email each week mm -hmm. and and through that it also helps me in my day job because I get kind of a first look at people who are interested in looking for that next job and if I have a position I'm trying to fill Great. I yeah, kind of have true. a short list because what I found was I was more of an introvert type person who didn't really connect with people in the social manner and yeah. so this is kind of a way to force myself out of that box and build my network so that when I'm in a role where I have to hire a bunch of people quickly I have a few different ways I can do that, which isn't just require kind of relying on the in-house recruiting team, which ultimately has probably several hundred positions they're trying to fill nationwide for the company and often don't really connect with the role. And so if I can share something through my LinkedIn network or a jobs list or whatever else I have going on, it allows me a way to uh, kind of connect with those people and, and make those positions happen faster. Yeah. And that's, and you know, that is a, that's a profitable overlap, you know, between uh -huh. your side gig and your day job. So, so you touched on kind of the low point. Tell me your highest high that you've experienced since, since you started your side gig. Well, I think right now it's been really fun just because I'm really feeling like I'm getting traction. I'm getting positive feedback from people, you know, when they contact me. But one of the early ones was as I was doing the blog and I'd, I'd done a blog 10 years ago and maybe done seven or eight posts and then I kind of let it lapse and then I started this thing up three years ago and I just was doing it every week consistently mm -hmm. and um, and then I started doing uh, Harrow, Help a Reporter Out. 
And I figured that would be a good way to kind of get some additional visibility. And so I started doing those and I got good traction, like one out of three. I was able to provide some information that got into a blog post that somebody else was doing as a guest post generally on a bigger site. And and through that, I had a couple that were really cool. And it was fun because I was sharing some of that with the, the people I was working with. And they were kind of looking over my shoulder and excited about it. So one was uh, talking about cell phones and it was in Reader's Digest. Wow. So that was kind of yeah. cool. And then another one Smart got audience. into... Exactly. And then another one got into Harvard Business Review, mm. which was fun. And then uh, this other one was a kind of a quirky one. I'd taken up playing guitar in my 40s and figured, uh, you know, just something I can do for life and, and kind of play with it. And there was an article posting in Harrow that was for people picking up guitar later in life. So I replied to that and got it in and it ended up being an acoustic guitar magazine in the print copy. So I've got that in the house, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and, you know, on the bottom of your website, it probably says as seen in Harvard. Exactly. It's legit. It's not fake. Like on most. <laughs> it <laughs> is. And, and that's the fun thing is you, you kind of see how things progress. And if you don't really rush them, but you just kind of build on it over time. Right. It's amazing what can happen when you just are consistent. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you just, uh, you know, one line, two lines, what are, what are one or two kind of pain points or obstacles that you've encountered since you, since you first started that our, our listeners may even be able to speak into, you know, through feedback. So what, what would be say the, the biggest obstacle that you think you've encountered since you started your, your, the resume yeah. service, the LinkedIn profile? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've really done because when I'm trying to do this, I'm generally doing it in the evenings. Every once in a while, I'll do it in my car for 30 minutes at my lunch break, or I'll do it on the weekends before the kids wake up at you know 4:30, 5 in the morning, mm -hmm. so I can get a couple hours in to crank out blog posts and email right. easy articles and everything else that goes with it. And you know, you keep building one thing on top of the other, and you kind of look back and go, oh. I'm running out of time here. What am I going to do next? And it's kind of funny lately. I've read a lot on virtual assistants and things like that and thinking, all right, at a certain point, I need to be able to leverage it so that if I want to go bigger and essentially increase my hourly rate or effective hourly rate, how do I go about that? So that's probably my current biggest challenge as I kind of go into this year because the year started off fast and I've got you know, a bunch of clients, all the stuff I'm working on right now that are in process and right. starting to feel like I might be getting behind on things. So uh, starting to figure out how to balance that's my right. number one. So what, what would be the sec another thing that, that you think is a is an obstacle or as a kind of a hurdle that yeah. you have to overcome? Let me see, because I had a note on that one. Um, one second. If you hold on one second, no I will problem. get this. <laughs> I noticed your guitar in the background. Yes, yes. Kind of showing that I got the, the, uh, them, yeah. the acoustic <laughs> over there and the uh, electric over <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So the other one is uh, kind of around building a list. So building an email list, I I've tried different lead magnets that have gotten you know lukewarm 
results. Mm -hmm. And part of it is I think my message has been somewhat scattered over time and my lead magnets are not super compelling. I think the best one I've had recently was more around the jobs list because I sent it to people in my LinkedIn network who are in telecom who are looking for telecom jobs. So yeah. that one has better convert conversion. And then uh, I've done some other ones. Right now my list is about 150 people, which is better than it was when it started. And, you know, it was two to 10 sure. <laughs> for the first yeah. six months. Yeah, I knew, and, uh, yeah mine's about, about there. I knew all of them. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> You know, it, it takes time to do that, and I'm obviously learning as I go and, and trying to figure that out. But ultimately, I'd like to get it to where I can build it up so that ultimately I can do more that's passive income-driven rather than just my time. Sure. And so sure. I think Otherwise those are kind of the another things. job, right? Another job, but you want to be able to do something where you can leverage it bigger without just burning yourself out. Yep. Well, let me let me uh, dive deeper. Um, you know, just as we're wrapping up our interview today here, just you know, kind of four questions that really want us to you know allow us to get in your head a little bit. And so, tell me, who's one person like online that you really follow closely that you that really inspires you? Yeah. So there was one guy that I followed for the longest time, and I bought all his stuff and and really enjoyed it. His name was Jay Abraham, and yeah. He was a big business kind of marketing and business growth guy. And right. his biggest thing what that I kind of got from him was it's kind of not what's in your industry, but what's outside that actually can make the biggest difference for you. And so I trained with him for a year in joint ventures and just kind of being on phone calls with him and, and reading all the stuff and he had tons of information he'd created over the decades. Mm -hmm. and, and so that was just kind of like drinking from a fire hose. But it really helped me kind of look at things differently, whether it's people in their resumes or businesses and how they can leverage things quickly without really taking a big chunk of their time out of it. Right. And I've applied a lot of it to my, my approach as well. So for instance, with one was, uh, who else has your customers as customers? So I would go to, uh, people who are recruiters. And if they had a struggle with a resume, they could send it my way. And if I knew of somebody who was looking for something, I could send them their way. So it was just a way to get more leverage from your time than you would with just standard, hey, I'm going to post an ad and hope I get a response. Sure. sure. Well, he uh, he is, he's been extremely successful. He's, I mean, he's, the word comes to mind is ubiquitous. He's he's everywhere. Yes, exactly. So give me a give me a quote. Give me a life quote that uh, that you you live by. You know, a lot of a lot of the people that are like you and I that have this extra entrepreneurial gear, spending all the time. We like to we like to live by kind of pithy mantras. And yeah, so what's a what's a quote that you you probably have it taped up on your computer somewhere or something? Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because this one I had in my email response for. 20 years or whatever. And it was one from John Wooden. And I think it said mm. something like, don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can do. Yeah. I love John and, Wooden. Yeah. And, and for me, it was a big thing because too often I'd get caught up in all the things that, you know, I'd get stressed out about that I couldn't change. And it was really important for me just to focus on what I could and take action on that and move on and live more in the present. And as I found I did that, I stressed out a lot less. Yeah. That, that is sage advice, sage advice. 
So speaking of advice, tell me what you would tell yourself uh, pre-side business startup, if you could go back a couple of years, year and a half, whenever it was that, that you really started this, this kind of side service, what would you tell yourself that are, would you think would be sage advice for our listeners that, that they could really, you know, latch onto that you say, okay, if I, I'd love to speak to myself again, go back, you know, turn the clock back. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is start now. Mm. You're going to learn a lot. And if you try to make it all perfect before you jump into it, number one, you're probably not going to start. And number two, you're going to find that what you end up doing is significantly different than what you imagined you would be oh, doing. That's great advice. It's great advice. I've, I've mentioned on on uh, earlier podcasts, some, somebody said something similar to that, you know, around that same same idea of, of uh you know, Reed Hoffman, the, the founder of, of LinkedIn, didn't didn't he yeah. famously say, if you're not embarrassed by your first attempt, you waited too long? <laughs> exactly. I yeah, was... I think one of my early blog posts was about dryer lint. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to get it out there. <laughs> you exactly. got to get it out there. Well, Mike, tell me the, the best way people can find you if they, they want to find you online. Is there a website? Is there a LinkedIn profile? Facebook profile, yeah. tell me, and they, these will also be in the, in the show notes. So yeah, you can find me on Mike or just search Mike McRitchie in Google and pretty much the whole first page is me. <laughs> it's one of those benefits of having a unique last name. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Other name than Mike the guy Smith. The, yeah, exactly. Other than the guy who caught the Mackinac up in Canada and the guy who wrote uh, some book about his friends. Uh, those are about the only other two Mike McRitchies <laughs> in the first page. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go with like McRitchie Rich or something like that. You know, it's, yeah, exactly. it's kind of your yeah. your persona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything else that, that I haven't asked you about? That you just want to want to just touch on real quick, just to close out, and and uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up. But just wanted to give you space to to share anything else that, that you had on your mind or heart. Yeah, I, I think there's one thing that I is kind of my new focal point and it's both in the resume writing career coaching world as well as in the business side and that is particularly for people who are kind of mid-career you know you've progressed through various jobs or maybe you've started a business and everything is rolling really well you're excited about things you got a great life you got a great home life mm. everything's going perfectly That's go sideways, whether it's the company goes out of business and you lose your job or you have health problems or your family has health problems and you have to take care of them full time or half time and it's really distracting from the rest of the work you do. Or uh, you find you, you get divorced and now you got to figure out what you do next on your personal life mm -hmm. and everything else is caving in around you. It is rough to have that happen and that's why I feel like it's really important for people to be thinking about that in advance, what are those things that could cause me to be derailed and how will I land on my feet if it does happen and when it does happen? That's great advice. And, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And, that, and, and that's really where for me kind of the side hustle came in because, you know, I wanted to be more in control of what my options might be exactly. should that come to happen and, and just kind of helping people who are having that happen. You know, I had one person the other day who had been at a company for 10, 20 years, and then they let him go kind of out of nowhere. Mm. I had another person who had a father who was really sick and his, his mom had died, 
and he was having to take care of him pretty much full time and had to give up the business he was he had built over 10 years. So they're real things that do happen. And I hate to see people caught blind and not be able to recover because they weren't prepared at all for it. So that's kind of what I'm focused on. That That is great advice. A great, great advice for all of us as we as we wrap up. And um, my family and I spent nine years living in, in England and uh, the Brits have a saying, they say when things go all pear shaped. And I thought, yes. that's, what, a, what a great, you know, metaphor of, of life going sideways, as you said. So, well, Mike, exactly. we'll wrap up. And uh, folks, it's your turn to uh, speak into this. We've heard the, the couple of pain points that he's talked about. One, just uh, kind of the, a recurring theme on our show is is balancing time. And and uh, I mean, I love the, the point he made about you know how do we how do we ch- kind of transition to more of a passive income uh, mindset instead of just creating another job, creating a night job for myself? You know, working more for for hours, um, working on the business instead of in the business. And uh, the second thing is just building an email list. What's the what are the effective strategies on on building that that and not not just in quantity but actually quality as well. So it's your turn, uh, Rising Tide. It's your turn to speak into this. And uh, once again, Mike, I want to thank you for, for joining us today. And it's been a pleasure having you. And, and uh, just we wrap up every episode with the same mantra that we built this community because all boats rise in a rising tide. Mike, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.